are back. I am Eric. He is Paul. This is the Industry Summit. We are brought to you by Buck City Breaks. Paul, what's up, man? Saw, dude. Saw, man. How you doing? Man, I just saw the coolest thing, man. The coolest thing in the world just happened. This is day two of the Industry Summit. Day one, if you're really being technical about it. And one of the most amazing things just happened for Dr. Jim Beckett. Uh, The original 88, who is sitting in front of us, Mr. Drew Pearson, presented him with a Lifetime Achievement Award. And in his, his... speech in his introduction speech turns out he's a collector that works it <laughs> works for us right it does work out Mr. Drew, yeah. how you doing sir i'm doing great man blessed to be here with you guys and uh, thanks for having me man, no we, problem we, man thanks we, for coming and thanks for for being a part of this event it's awesome yeah it's pretty cool you know i've uh, heard of dr beckett for years <laughs> right, and right, years right. being a professional athlete and all that mm-hmm. never heard about him when i was in college because nobody wanted my autograph nobody <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I made the Cowboys, I became popular. Right, and right. you always heard about Beckett and the publications and yep. stuff like that. And uh, you just really didn't believe it was a guy. Right. You know, you just thought it was a name, an industry, or what right. part of the industry. Sure. Yep. But now being here today, got to meet him and uh, very uh, much honored to do that because he did change the industry. Of course. The collectibles and memorabilia industry for, for sure. sure. For sure. Totally legitimized it. For, yes, for he sure. certainly has. Now, we, we asked you off air, but you said that you have a bit of a collection. You got you got a garage full of stuff or storage units full of stuff. What, do you, what did you keep from your career? Well, I got a lot of stuff. You know, I got a lot of pictures, uh, drawings and all that from the uh, Hail Mary. Okay. okay. Uh, of course, uh, uh, I got seats from Texas Stadium. Okay. You know, oh. uh, I got my fit, my most memorable or favorite collectible. I was a big fan of Jim Brown. Oh, yeah. okay, of course, from the yeah. Cleveland Browns. Sure. And I got a couple items from Jim Brown's autograph on it. I did a deal with him, and I was in line. I didn't even cut the line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's how much respect I have for Jim Brown. That's awesome. And how bad I wanted that autograph. <laughs> but a lot of times when I do speeches or do presentations, uh, along with me being there, uh, somebody will have collectible items. Or if I go do signings sure. right, somewhere, right. and I'll see somebody there. I said, oh, man, that's one of my favorite, mm. especially if he's like a New York Yankee. Sure. Right. I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, okay. a Yankee okay. fan. I got Tom Tresh, Bobby Richardson, oh, uh, very all cool. those guys' autographs. And it was because I was at card shows or trade shows where they were at. Uh-huh. And I said, Here, here's some money. Go get that autograph <laughs> for me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's I'm awesome. Collector that's for sure. That's oh, a great deal, story. man. You, now, you, you mentioned you grew up in New Jersey, and you mentioned Jim Brown. Did you, I mean, Syracuse is not exactly close to New Jersey, but you know, that's where Jim Brown went to school. Did you watch a lot of Jim Brown at Syracuse? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jim Brown, Floyd Little, Ernie Davis, yeah. all the whole succession of number 44 sure. in <laughs> Syracuse football history. That's right. Even Darrell Moose Johnson. <laughs> yeah. 
hood. <laughs> the moose. That's funny. I didn't realize he was 44. I don't think they ignored yeah. him with 44. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about your career. You, you, you signed with the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent. You're on special teams, and then a year later you're starting. How was that – not being drafted and signing as a, as a free agent, how did that experience make you feel? I mean, were you expected to be drafted? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was expecting to be drafted because everybody was telling me that. You know, okay. I worked okay. out for okay. quite a few scouts sure. that came to Tulsa. We had some pretty good athletes there, even though our team sucked. <laughs> we had some pretty good players. We had two guys going the second round that year and uh, my year and a couple guys in the later round. So uh, when we had – pro day there there's a lot of scouts there and worked out for all of them so they're all telling me including the cowboys reed johnson was the scout that mm-hmm. the cowboys sent up to tulsa that day for their our pro day and he's telling me after yeah you got you got a chance to make it and all that and you know i had a little skepticism because i had played two years at quarterback in college and then moved to receiver right okay and uh didn't catch many passes i caught 55 passes in two years uh 22 my junior year and 33 my senior year okay. so it's pretty lonely out there right right, right. <laughs> and the ones i did caught were low and away in the dirt and stuff <laughs> right. like that <laughs> quarterback ended up getting drafted in the baseball a guy named steve bowling okay oh uh, but anyway um through all that you know, uh, not getting drafted was disappointing. Sure. And, uh, but then I got my chance with the Cowboys. I was going to make them the most of that opportunity. Of and and guys, did. this is back <laughs> when they had 17 rounds of the draft. Exactly. Well, right. Some players <laughs> still didn't right. get drafted. Still didn't all that. So yeah. after everybody telling you you were going to get drafted, sure. and then you don't, it's very disappointing. But was happy because the second day of the draft, the Cowboys called me, the Pittsburgh Steelers called me, and the Green Bay Packers called me. All right. Okay. And that made me feel a little better. Awesome. And I ended up signing with the Dallas Cowboys uh, for $14,500 first-year salary okay. and $150 signing bonus. Wow, they went all out. They paid me in cash. <laughs> they paid you in cash. Now, uh, my, my friend sitting here to my right is the – the biggest Washington Redskins fan oh, really? you will ever right. meet. Yeah. Yeah. I know now. Yeah. 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 cleats up in there. <laughs> so, what, what? last night, last night we had Charles Haley here, and he was talking about sacking quarterbacks for Washington. Tell me a good time about when you burnt a, a Redskins cornerback. When you just burnt oh, one. Oh man, I forgot his name. I oh. think his, his last name was Williams. So we were playing him in. Uh, 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 Texas Stadium. Okay. And I caught a uh, deep route down the sideline. Okay. And uh, caught it over my shoulder from Roger, and he was trailing me. I, I can't really remember his first name. It's like, I'm pretty sure it was Williams. But anyway, he was trailing me, and as I caught it and ran into the end zone, he was still trailing me, and I jumped up and turned and spiked the ball right nice. in his face. Man, that would have been a 15-yard penalty nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been. the last thing I asked him when we walked into the sideline, because he was pretty upset about sure. that. Oh, yeah. I said, what flavor was it? Oh, <laughs> God. See, we talked that kind of noise back in the day, because right. I knew this guy would never be a Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. <laughs> you say that kind of stuff now to somebody, right, right. you'll end up being your teammate <laughs> later true. on in the, your career. <laughs> that is so true. But, uh, so great true. memories uh, also on Thanksgiving Day when we beat the uh, Redskins with uh, – 
Clint Longley coming into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes in. They, uh, Darren Talbert said they're going to knock Staubach out of the game. <laughs> yep. We knock Staubach out of the game. Yep. We win the game. Mm-hmm. Well, they did knock Staubach out, yeah. but they didn't know we had a Clint Longley exactly. sitting there. The there. Legend he of came Clint back Longley. with two touchdown passes, including one to me with the final 28 seconds to well, beat the Redskins. And the best thing about that, when I broke the huddle, I lined up to the left side, okay. and that was right by – the uh, Redskin bench. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you could see George Allen licking his thumb, you know how yeah. he did yeah. back then? Yeah. He just knew he had us. And uh-huh. he was saying, I could hear him saying, Tex Ram, Tom Landry, we got you and all this because if we lose this game, we're not even in contention for the playoffs. Oh, uh, okay. I got so you. it was a big, uh, big deal. Big deal. Right. But anyway, uh, the late, great George Allen talked to him later about that and the regret he had is that the defense he played was not the defense he wanted to play. Uh, he went with his defensive coordinator on a particular uh, defense, and that turned out to be the wrong defense. The wrong defense. Against the original 88. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I think, awesome. I'm pretty sure every defense was the wrong defense. Hey, it sounded sound like Harvey Martin. <laughs> Harvey used to say, Drew, ain't nobody can cover you. And I said, you're right, Harvey. <laughs> so we, got, we, have to, we have you here. We have to talk about the catch. Yeah. yeah. We have to talk about the Hail Mary. So what was – did you have any idea when you caught that ball – how big of a deal it actually was at the time? No, not, no. not at all. No. And uh, I think uh, there's a lot of things that made it a big deal. You mm-hmm. know, the, the circumstances, sure. playing right. a wild card team, playing the Vikings, who had just been to two previous Super Bowls, and they said this team was better than those teams. Right, and right. We had to go up there to play. And uh, it was a tough deal. And we had them, you know, first half, 10 to 7. They came back late in the game. And, you know, we needed the touchdown to win it. And so uh, in that situation, which was so cool about it, two things. Number one, Coach Landry let us handle it. Nice. He felt like he prepared us to know what to do in those situations because you don't have time to get a play sent in from the sideline and all that kind of stuff. So it was always a situation. The other thing that was cool about it is that it was always a situation where Roger asked me, Drew, what do you got? Mm. And what was cool about that even further is the fact that nobody in the huddle complained about that. Okay. Billy Joe said, didn't say, what about me? Golden (sighs) Richards didn't say, what about me? Or or Preston Pearson or nobody because they knew that was our time. Sure. And when Roger asked me, Drew, what do you got? He knew the feedback I would give him wasn't based on emotion. Mm, okay. okay. If it was mm-hmm. Michael Irvin or Dez, they'd be, ah, just throw me the ball. Yeah, I'll, right, catch, right, right. It, yeah, I'll catch it. Yeah. I said, Roger, <laughs> playing this defense, we're going to play here. If you let me on this side, we'll run this route. If you go on the left side, we'll run this route. So he knew the information I would give him was calculated and not based on emotion. emotion. So we would take over in that situation. And, uh, you know, two plays before the Hail Mary, we had a fourth and 17. Wow. That we hit for 22 yards. And nobody talks about that play. No one talks about that play. We don't don't hit that. Fourth and 17. Yeah, that's amazing amongst uh, itself. We don't hit that. There is no chance for a Hail Mary. So we hit that for 22 yards in the first down on uh, Nate Wright on the right sideline. And then we come back and he says, uh, let's go for it. He threw a pass to Preston. He dropped it. We come back with 28 seconds, no timeouts. And we wanted to just take as many shots in the end zone as we possibly could at that right. point. Yeah. So at, it just so happened the first shot we took in the end zone <laughs> turned out to be one that they end up calling the Hail Mary. That's, that's, that's awesome. very cool. That's an amazing thing. And I, I got to ask you a personal favor for you, sir. Um, I'm a former military guy, former Army guy. God bless you. And uh, my first sergeant, biggest Cowboys fan in the world, 
His name is Alan Stickle. Could you just say what's up first, Sergeant Alan Stickle, for me? Because sure. he, he loves you. He, he loves you. He loves the Cowboys. Can you just say what's up, Where Alan? Is, hey, uh, First Sergeant Alan Stickles, I yeah. just want to give a shout-out to you. Where's he hanging? He's uh, he's up in Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. I hope you didn't do anything wrong to be way up there in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But uh, anyway, we down here in Texas, we're thinking about you. We appreciate your service, and, you know, God bless you, and... Uh, you can't be uh, can't go wrong if you go USA and go Cowboys. That's right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's talk about uh, Drew Pearson Live before we get out of here. Tell us mm-hmm. what Drew Pearson Live is and where we can find it. Yeah, Drew Pearson Live. Uh, I do every Friday. Okay. You know, okay. I don't know what call letters and all that. I'm not that hip into social media. <laughs> it's all good. I just learned how to text the other day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My grandson, who's five years old, taught me that. Nice. <laughs> good deal, man. But, uh, yeah, Drew Pearson Live, we do it every Friday with my co-host, Matt Thornton. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just try to talk sports, you know. Okay. This time of year, of course, we're going to talk a little Cowboys. Absolutely. Can't get too far away from that. Right, right. With the draft coming up. And uh, everybody wants to know what the Cowboys are going to do with free agency and all that kind of stuff. So we discuss that and give our our opinions on that. But we also delve into other sports in the offseason. And I guess the hot topic now is the Dallas Mavericks sure. and yes. what they're going through with yes. their investigations and all that. And we'll see how that plays out. But then you got baseball and spring training. Mm-hmm. You know what? I wish I had played baseball. Man. Oh, really? You know, because they go to spring training, and two days later they're playing games. Right. Yes. <laughs> when do they run? When do they sweat? When do they do things that, you know, get you in shape? Right, right. I just don't understand why you got to play those games. That many games in spring p- training right. to play, what, 162 during the season? <laughs> yeah. right. Seems like that's enough yeah. time to get your game together. But <laughs> sure. anyway, I love baseball. That was my favorite sport growing up. So okay. we cover all that kind of stuff, and uh, we do it every Friday. I do it from Drew Pearson's Sports 88 Grill, okay, which oh, okay. is a new restaurant opened up at DFW Airport. Okay. Oh, We're in Terminal E near Gate 5. Mm. And we've been open. This is our third month being open now. We want to thank the DFW Airport Board for allowing us the opportunity. Thank my partner, Concessions International, for bringing Drew Pearson into the airport. And what we try to do with Facebook Live is try to bring the outside Mm -hmm. into the airport and the inside of the airport to the outside. Right, of course. Perfect. So that's uh, something you can't get at Chick-fil-A or some of the other (laughs) IHOPs or some of the other (laughs) restaurants that are in the in the airport and plus i'm there i can sign autographs for you and it's pretty cool as as the travelers come through sure they stop by the spot mm-hmm. at the airport there and then they see drew pearson mm-hmm. they can't believe it and uh, even though there might be fans of other cities like chicago right. to new york and all that that mm-hmm. service that area of the airport they still have respect for not only Drew Pearson but the Dallas Cowboys as well. Awesome, that's awesome. Good I know deal, for man. I know for a fact there's some huge Philly fans in there. Yes. So the fact that they got to see Drew Pearson today makes my heart happy. Make sure right. they, they should give me a check. Got <laughs> <laughs> them fired up, man. One <laughs> thing the Cowboys should do is let me make this draft day speech. Yes. Right, to get our team fired up, right? There you go. Awesome. All right, there right. You go. we're gonna let you out of here, man. Thank you for joining us. Uh, right just all the respect and honor to you for being a great Cowboy. Cowboy in the Ring of Honor, three-time Pro Bowler, Super Cha- Super Bowl, all decades, all seventies decades team. When we get in the Hall of Fame, what's going on with that? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. And 
I keep getting pushed back further down the list. And That's I ridiculous. feel sorry for Everson Walls because he yes. was made the finalist out of nowhere sure. all of a sudden. Yeah. But, you know, when you don't make it in your final opportunity to go through that particular door, now right. you're pushed in that senior door. Right. right. And now you're really pushed way back. Right. And so I hope they don't do Everson like they've done me. Ah. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. All right. Okay. Everson and Drew for the Hall of Fame. Let's there you go. Hey, Blue. Blue. Hashtag. All right. Uh, guys, <laughs> hang guys. tight. Thank we'll you. be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Christy Petrillo from Figures Toy Company, and you're listening to the Fatbacks on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Here is the hardest part of the show. Our new friend Gabe is going to follow Drew Pearson, so uh, he's good gonna, luck. He's going to throw up a head in there and see what happens. Man, yeah. Super so, stoked to be here. Uh, man, thanks for stopping by. You guys just did a great social media session, and I was hoping to get all four of you, but... I'm going to settle with you, and I'm happy about it because you're at Texas Motor Speedway, <laughs> and a NASCAR is a segment of fan collecting that it's crazy. I'm sure yeah. that you can speak to that. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about your social media uh, presence at TSM, No Limit Texas. Um, what are you guys doing over there to put TSM's name out there? So, um, or, yeah, TMS. There you go. Texas Motor Speedway. My bad. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. Um, they've actually given me a lot of freedom to kind of just take the reins and just do what I think's best. Um, so we are kind of known, especially on Twitter, for um, what's a nice way to say this? We talk trash. Okay. Um, oh, all right. We poke fun at drivers. Um, <laughs> I'd be lying if I would tell you guys that I've never gotten in trouble. Um, I've had. I mean, for all transparency, I've had uh, presidents and vice presidents of our sanctioning body call my boss and say, hey, man, you need to get that tweet down. Oh, wow. Um, but the cool thing about my boss, Eddie Gossage, there's been times when he's been like, oh, yeah, our social media guy screwed up. And there's been other times where he's like, no, we're not taking that down. Like, he made a joke. You don't think it's funny. We think it's funny. We're keeping it. Wow. Nice. So um, it's pretty cool that they let me uh, have the freedom to do that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we're we're always um, trying to be top of mind in the social sphere, especially uh, Twitter specifically. Uh, I feel like we get the most engagement uh, with our fans there. But yeah, we we really have a, a big presence. That's awesome, man. So let's let's backtrack just a little bit. Okay. How did you get into NASCAR uh, in the beginning? Okay, so I started going to races with my dad when I was shoot, I think eight or nine years old. Okay. Um, Went to the track off and on as a kid. I mean, I was a huge NASCAR fan. Um, ended up going to college at the University of North Texas, 15 minutes up the road from the track. Go green. And uh, yeah, go being green. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, and uh, just kind of lucked into uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, I work at the track on race weekends and we can get you a ticket if you come help out. And I was like, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. And so um, just made some friends there. Uh, ended up working part-time, um, even when it wasn't race season, out at the ticket office and interned and just kind of moved my way up the ranks, and here I am now. Did you guys, you know what, did you guys do something with clout a couple of years ago? Like for we did, yeah, we did. You know what? I won one of those things. Did you? I really did. And you didn't come. I did. You did. I did. I had the Texas Motor Speedway yeah. shirt. Yeah. Uh, the the grab bag that came with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I probably passed it out to I'm, you. I'm sure <laughs> you did. Oh wow, that's a small world yeah, type that's thing. That's crazy. I'm sure you did because I had to walk to some like little booth in the middle of the. Yep. Just I, mean, I was my mind was blown. I was like, oh my god, what's going on yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it had a uh, uh, field backs or, or pit passes. Yep. To get to, yeah, yep. That, I remember this now, dude. Yeah, that's, that's so nuts. crazy. Yeah, that's so small world. <laughs> that is really that is really small world clout that thing kind of went away didn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny so yeah. you just sat in a room with 
at 150 store owners, dealers, all kinds. Of, what what kind of questions do they have for you as a social media guy? Because this is a this is an industry that's trying to grow yeah. on social media, and some people get it, and some people don't. So, what kind of questions do they have for you, and what were you able to share with them? Um, a lot of their questions were um, best social media practices. Um, uh, one question that I really resonated with was um, someone asked, they have a lot of older cards and a lot sure. of uh, older merchandise, and how can they talk about that even though everything is always what's happening right now, right what's now. happening yeah. in the future? Um, and so I thought that was pretty interesting, but uh, I was just able to provide you know, kind of my insights. Um, I mean, in all honesty, I have no formal training in social media. Okay. It's just one of those deals where I kind of picked it up and my bosses were like, hey, man, you kind of know what you're doing. Like, we'll sure. let you keep doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, for me, anyways, starting out, it was a little trial by um, error, but um, just being able to shed my, my knowledge to, to these guys and help them, um, you know, really get their products out to the fans that want them sure. and um, help them to get more visibility and get more brand awareness for their st stores or brands or whatever. So you just kind of fell into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how we that's how we got this podcast, Paul. That is probably how, that's how we got this podcast. It. We met over a buffet. Yeah. And then, uh, no. <laughs> As a kid, were you a collector? Did you collect cards? I did, actually. So... Um, I was an autograph chaser for a while as a kid. Oh, wow. My dad would go out to um, different autograph signings. I have a picture of um, Jason Garrett. Um, I don't know what it was. I was a kid. It was a Reebok appearance that he was at, and um, he signed it, gave it to me and everything. And this was when he was, like, a quarterback. Like, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And right. uh, to kind of come full circle, it was pretty cool. Um, I've kind of – moved away from autographs and more i'm more into like getting pictures with people now yeah yeah um, that's, that's what we're gonna do as soon as we're done with it awesome dope. <laughs> yeah. there you go <laughs> so stoked <laughs> um but like i had tons of cards like i still have tons of baseball cards that um my dad gave me or that we'd pick up at garage sales or whatever yeah. um and then moving into college i don't know i mean i guess this comes with being a nascar fan but nascar diecast was like of course a big oh, deal a huge deal like, man um, and I got super, super nerdy into diecast for a while. I mean, I like, had spreadsheets and like, these are the ones I'm looking for. These are the ones that I have like super nerdy stuff. And like, my friends would always be like, dude, you have toy cars like on your wall? <laughs> like, what the hell? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, man. Everyone's into something. And this is one of my things. This is what you're so, into. Hey, yeah. nothing wrong with that, man. Um, but eventually kind of moved a little bit out of it just because I had so much and I didn't, I mean, I live in an apartment and I don't have room to display them all. So sure. it's kind of a right. bummer to have them in a closet, but, um, I still have them, still love them. Uh, something that's really cool uh, that not many people know about, I feel like, is Lionel Racing will come out with a commemorative die cast um, for each like race win. So like Kevin Harvick won our race last November, and yeah. like so there'll be a car that's coming out soon that has like what it looked like in Victory Lane. It'll have like Texas shaped confetti, and it'll have like rubber on the sides of the doors and stuff. Oh, so. Nice. Um, I'm not into like graded cards and stuff like that, but I'm definitely uh, into collecting. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. that's great stuff. Nothing so, um, the new season's getting ready to start. You get your guys' first races in April, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, um, what's the big social media push there? What, what, do you, what are you guys branding it at this year? So, um, social media, like you guys probably know, it's ever changing, ever evolving. Yeah. Um, it's really just being um, top of mind to our fans and being different. Um, the thing with 
Texas Motor Speedway and other NASCAR tracks or even even other racing venues is we're venues. We don't have um, we don't have players like the Dallas Cowboys right, do right. that they can just say, "Hey, man, we need you to do this for social media real quick" or like whatever. Um, our driver access is fairly limited unless we want to fly to Charlotte and bust up in their race shops and say, hey, man, we need some of your time. Right. Um, <laughs> so a lot of that relies on our marketing team to make content that's engaging and it's interesting and it's cool and um, something that, man, I don't know. I like to take credit for it sometimes. But uh, recently a big trend in NASCAR social media has been like counting down to certain races or sure. certain whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple of years, NASCAR's really picked that up. I want to say that we started it before them, but I don't want to, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna t- I'll take credit for it. NASCAR, oh, there we go. Yeah, 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 no um, Gabe created social media. That's right. <laughs> yes, he did. He <laughs> did. Right. Blame um, him. <laughs> so the countdown stuff's been pretty cool, um, but uh, something that man, we've been on for a while, but it, it does well for us is. Talking trash. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and I, it's a really blunt way to say that. So, uh, Denny Hamlin has been kind of feuding with Bubba Wallace uh, sure. since the Daytona 500. And uh, I don't know when it, I think it was Friday. I found a picture of Denny Hamlin. And he's kind of looking off on the side. And I posted it on our Twitter. And I was like, when you're walking past Bubba Wallace's garage. Yeah. And people were like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people, yeah, people get a crack out of it. And then there's the Denny Hamlin fans who are just like, wow, Texas Motor Speedway social sucks. And I mean, uh, you get the backlash. Sure. But um, right. I don't know. For the most part, everybody can take a joke. We just like to have fun. Uh, we like to show people that we're not a stuck up corporate. Um, old guy running our social media account who doesn't know how to poke fun. I mean, we poke fun at ourselves, too. So it's just about having fun and engaging with the fans. Right. What a unique concept because sure. you're right. I was just thinking when you said that, you're you're not, like, loyal to the Dallas Cowboys. You're not loyal to whoever. You can kind of just – Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're equal opportunity yeah. for yeah. everybody. Yeah. And that's a – man, that's kind of – that's a lot of power. Man, that's a just, lot of uh, – The way we see it is um, I think the first – one of the first times I had NASCAR call my boss was um, – two or three years ago when Kurt Busch was going through that scandal with um, his now ex-wife about her being an assassin or trained assassin or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember that. <laughs> um, I, he wrecked, and it was the first like oh. exhibition race of the season. So he wrecked, and I tweeted, Kurt Busch just got assassinated on the track. And like <laughs> uh, a lot of people thought it was hilarious, and then a lot of people didn't. Yeah. So um, Play I, on words. That's yeah, all. right? You That's know, I thought it was hilarious. And um, so it's just stuff like that where – we definitely have. I've had other tracks text me and be like, "Dude, did you really just tweet that?" And I'm like, "Yep, yep I did." That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's just kind of what I've um, brought our at least our Twitter to have that kind of personality, and that's kind of what people know us as. That's fantastic, man. I'm, I'm gonna ask you one more question, and then I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna let you get out of here. For sure. Right. Um, so this this podcast is dedicated to the industry summit this week, yeah. and we we have a lot of collectors around the world that cannot be here in Dallas, so. A lot of them have shops. A lot of them do their own social media. So, what would what would be the one thing that you would want them to know about a social media presence? Like, just to capitalize on that. So, first and foremost, is um, whenever you're fielding questions or um, just doing social media in general, is kind of put out content that you would want to see and um, treat people that you'd want to be treated like. one of the um, examples that I can share is like I reached out to um, a brand on Instagram 
uh, several weeks ago and I was like, hey, like just bought your product pretty recently, really enjoying it, um, had a question. And um, the response was kind of um, like they were annoyed that I was asking a question, like I didn't do more research about their product. Um, And I was just like, man, coming from someone who does social media, like I make a point to say like, hey, like whatever your name is, like I'm here to answer your question. Like I don't want to sound like a robot, but I want to say, hey, like thanks for contacting us. Thanks for reaching out. I don't want to make you feel stupid about asking any kind of question. Right. Um, Because if you're asking questions, that means there's a level of interest there that we want to capitalize on. Right. Um, so definitely just like anytime someone has questions, be open, um, be open to criticism as well. Like if there's any way that you can improve yourself, as long as people aren't like trashing you and even if they are, um, take the criticism, roll with it and just be like, Hey, yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, um, I feel like I've never seen people react more positively than when they call us out on something and then we reply, Hey, that's a good idea. We're going to work to implement whatever your suggestion was because then they have some kind of ownership in that sure so um anytime that you can just be as relatable as possible um and not just be corporate and stuck up i mean i know there's um ways that you probably shouldn't do it but to me it's just like as long as you can show people that you're just a human behind a computer or behind a phone um it's the best way to go about it awesome that's great advice for sure it is i hope you guys take that and implement it into your shops and your social media because uh you know we want to see you guys grow all right uh let me tell you a story and then i'm gonna let you out of here so for the clout thing you guys had a uh like a lunch at the house of blues yep yep joey logano was there yeah and bubba right yep Yep. so um i've told this a couple of times you have told this recently but uh, i've never told you this so um (laughs) I'm eating my lunch in the back and watching everything. And you guys, Bubba just got finished talking on stage. And then he had got up and he went to relieve himself. So uh, I happened to follow. I didn't know that yeah, that's yeah. where it was going. So we're in, we're in the bathroom together. It's me and Bubba Wallace. And he's looking at me and I'm like, dude, don't worry. I'm not that guy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm just get, I'm gonna I'm do the same thing you here. I'm getting out yeah. of here. I'm gonna wash my hands. You know. Yeah. So uh, so nothing was said between us. And then a, a third person walks into the room and goes, oh, my God, you're Bubba Wallace. And I was like, mm. oh, long time, yeah, dude. Stop, Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. That's a bad time to do that. But that was a great event. It was a fun lunch. Uh, hung out afterwards, and I mean, Joey signed everything, and, and Bubba signed everything, and it was, it was a great time. Was That's great time. super cool. And it's funny you say that. Like, I literally will see drivers walk into porta-potties, like, before the race, and people mm-hmm. will wait for them. Oh, uh, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So, like, NASCAR, they have a lot of access for fans. And a lot of people don't get that in other sports. Like, you're not walking on the field in baseball unless you – I mean, you have some sure. kind of special access or whatever. But right, like, right. Um, yeah, they're – I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff for people trying to get autographs or pictures or whatever. Porta pies, that's low, man. That yeah. is low. That's low. Yeah. That's real low. Yeah. We got to get out to TM Texas Motor Speedway. Um, yeah. You guys, before the ra- before the race, like the, the couple days before the race, you guys do some kind of uh, media access, don't you guys? Yeah, do? so we actually have um, – our media day is uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, February 28th. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure when you guys put this out. Okay. So well, tomorrow, um, tonight will go out tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right on. So Wednesday. <laughs> Um, we'll have Kurt Busch from the Cup Series. We'll have Christopher Bell from the Xfinity Series, Austin Wayne Sell from the Truck Series, and then James Hinchcliffe from the IndyCar Series. So, awesome. Um, yeah, this Wednesday it'll be pretty cool. It'll be um, we'll have some Facebook Live going on. We'll have some tweets from behind the scenes. So we'll have some cool stuff. Sweet, good deal, yeah. man. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, happy I, to do it. Guys. I'm, I'm, I'm sure collectors out there enjoyed it too. So uh, let's do this again. Yeah, for awesome. sure. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everyone? 
This is Chris from Buck City Break, and you're listening to the Fat Packs on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and ah, man, we we previewed this on our show last week. We did. We talked about Handbid, and Mark Massey is joining us from Handbid. We have a great auction going on right now during the Industry Summit, and it's not just for those folks here at the Industry Summit. Right. Our listeners can be a part of it. I know. I think I think people are missing that part. Yeah. So uh, we'll set it up again, and then we'll let we'll let Mark tell you all about it. It, this is a charity auction uh, for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yes, it is. And uh, we're going to take one one lucky boy or girl to the National. And that's what everything is all about with Handbid yes. this week with us. So, Mark, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are at Handbid and how long you've been with them. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, my name is Mark Massey. I've been with Handbid for two years. Okay. Amazing journey. I run the sales team there. Okay. And it's been... Um, exciting and you know as we're able to have a software product that nonprofits and companies can use to help them in their fundraising and sure. support awesome causes like make a wish and support folks here right here at the uh, industry summit that's awesome um so the there's just a, a, a plethora of stuff on that table, Paul. So much stuff. Have you gone through it all? Well, I, I actually helped move the second table over there for them <laughs> okay, to put so the extra stuff on there. So, yeah, so I've seen a little bit of what's going on up there. It's good stuff. So, again, this is all for Make-A-Wish Foundation, and we're going to uh, we're gonna send a kid to the National. But first, where do these items come from that are available for bid during this week? Where do they so, come from? You know, this is the unique op- opportunity because you're truly getting these things from the source. The people that are associated with the industry summit, the the movers, the shakers, the one that are in the industry have sure. connections to be able to get authentic, verified uh, uh, auction items. Um, you've got like Mattingly stuff. You have a Cal Ripken card. You, I mean, you know, you're seeing some things. And you know, to be honest with you guys, I'm not a collector, so I probably okay. don't know all the values <laughs> sure, of everything right, right. that they have. Um, we're, we're the software source, but we you can see it on our site and then when you get in there and start looking at it they have great descriptions so you really as a collector know that this stuff is what you want and if you've been looking for that you know donnie baseball Mm -hmm. uh signature you're looking for the captain uh photograph you know you just don't find these things everywhere and especially being able to know that they are the real deal sure right and it's going to such a worthy cause right you know that's the that's the cool thing because someone might be on the fence about oh should i get it soon should i get it now they see the cause they see what's going they're getting behind it so that's that's awesome. awesome okay so tell us about handbed how did it get started as a company and what is the concept behind it awesome thanks for that question a really unique story in the sense that handbid never really kind of st- uh, was going to be started as a business it was you know the they say the necessity is is the mother of invention sure uh, the founder who's still the president and founder of the company CEO is named Jeff Porter um, they were starting a, a, a foundation because his daughter has a disease called Prater Willie um, it was in the autism family and they were running events and they were supporting this new foundation that they uh, supported for um, to, to create awareness about it and to research. Sure. Oh, okay. um, they were doing it the old-fashioned way on paper, and mm, it was just uh, a mess. And, oh, you know, they sure. were only able to get to the people that were there. They, a lot of people still wanted to be able to do it, but, you know, now you couldn't do it just because your paper. You had to create the invoices. It was just a mess. As smart gentleman as he is in the software business says, we ought to develop an app to mm-hmm. take care of this. This happened to time exactly at the time that our mobile phones are starting to come out, and now we use those and we have those in our pocket. Right. And wouldn't it be great to be able to be, not even have to be at the auction, 
even if you are at the auction, you don't have to get up. It could come right there on your phone. You could bid on it. You know exactly where it is. It creates fairness because it closes at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. And then those working behind the scenes, we do all the invoicing, all the receding. So it was a vision. Um, they ran their two events with it. Sure. Still not designed to be a business. <laughs> and then so many people ask about it and said, this is really cool. This helps us raise more money. This is something that we ought to be doing. He says, aha, a business. Now it's a business. business. That's awesome. Very yeah, I mean, nice. with today's technology, I mean, you can you can see the Donnie baseball. You can see a picture of it, blow it up. You can see all the detail right now as you could if you just held it in your hand. So That's right. it has opened the world to, to being able to bid on stuff and knowing exactly what you're going to get when you bid on it. It's awesome. It's been really exciting for us. I mean, we, we you know, we're in the pro sports uh, side of things. We do work with the West Redskins. We do work okay. with the Capitals um, as they start to do their merchandise. So, mm -hmm. you know, people can go to hand bid and see these auctions and be able to find uh, items that sure. are very exciting. When I first heard about it, before I did any kind of research, I was like, this is like kind of directly competing with eBay. And then I got into it and I was like, well, this is nothing like eBay at all. The concept behind it might seem the same, but the ease, of, ease, the ease of use and the way it's set up is, is nothing like eBay. Uh, where do you guys see yourselves at in the auction near the auctioneer kind of market? What do you think you guys are at? So you know, we, we tend to be. Um, we, I would say, a large part of the business is still event driven. So that's sure. why you're so different than eBay. Right. We're, we're moving more into this online side, at, just as its demand as, as asked, because people then want to have this collection. Like you could take a collection as opposed to just one person. You don't know the seller. Mm -hmm. You may be depending upon some reviews of that seller. Right, right, In right. In this way, you know the sellers. You know who they are. You know the organizations that are putting this thing. You know, if you're right. at the Washington Redskins auction, you know that's the team that's putting these items sure. out there. And then they're going to their audience. And so a little bit different. There's certainly a place for both. Right. Well, um, you know, yeah. you know, eBay does a wonderful job at what eBay does. And I think we do something just a little bit different for that consumer and they can differentiate what they're looking for. Yeah. That, that's um it's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. And most of your stuff is charity driven, right? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 90, you know, over 90 some percent of our business is run for nonprofits for and to support nonprofits that, that we do. So we, we, we truly are on the nonprofit charity side. Yeah. Great okay. point, Paul. That is a great point because, you know, so many of us do use eBay to sell cards oh, and, and buy oh, cards yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. So, um, the, the ease and function of it, it, it kind of runs like eBay and bidding, mm -hmm. uh, with, with their app. A guy like me and you can pick it up. We're used to eBay and go, oh, this seems familiar. It's right. intuitive as well, so we can do this easily. Let's talk about the app. Is it available on, like on iTunes or on the, uh, the Play Store and all that stuff like that? Absolutely. It's a free app that you're okay. able to download. You could download on there. You get registered. You have now a hand-bid account, and then you have access to the auctions okay. um, that we have on there. Okay. Um, as they go through, if you're looking at it from your your laptop or something, you could just go to handbid.com. Sure, um, you can top right hand corner. You'll see say find an auction, uh -huh. and you could go in there and for this one just type in industry summit mm -hmm. and it'll pull up that auction for right you. Up. Okay, now when you go to bid, now is it like the um, is, it, is it when you bid is that the number you're going to pay or is it proxy bidding? How does that part of no, it? No, it is the number you're going to pay. Okay. So what you're you know what you'll see there very clearly on the screen is you'll see th what it will take for you to bid right now to be the winner of the item, okay. and then you'll see the increment. All right, okay. So you could bid either that number, or then you can go up in the increment. We use a plus minus. You don't have to type. You literally just go up and you know say the items right now is at $100. I can okay. bid 100 or if I wanted to bid 130 I hit plus three times, and sure. now I'm at 130 and I hit my bid, and that's what I And then you're right there, and then you paid $130. Exactly. Okay. okay. Awesome. Very cool. So 
what are some of the other um, organizations you've worked with for charity? Maybe you said Redskins, the Capitals. What are some other some of the ones that you guys are involved with? Well, thank you. A lot of our business that we work with, you know, you see a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, there's just numerous schools. We work with universities. Um, so there's really no limit to who we can work with. Um, you know, really kind of what we try to do is, you know, if you're run, having a fundraiser and you've done a silent auction, live auction, ask those those premises, we could do it. Typically, really for our product, you, you know, if you're raising $5,000 or more, sure. then our product makes sense for you. Right. Um, if you're doing something smaller, I might even suggest don't do one because they're too much work to only raise right. less right. than five grand. But right. that's, that makes sense. You, know, you guys do. But, yeah, that's that's yeah. where we kind of fall. Here's, here's a question for you. Um, is there a fee for the, for the service? We do. We okay. The way that we have our service, we post our prices online. I think we're the only company in the space that does that. Okay. Um, all but one of our packages. So typically it's a flat fee right. um, that we have that that's paid by the, the organization. Okay. So in this case, Industry Summit or the Redskins or something pay that fee. The buyer does not pay a fee. So that's okay. very okay. important for okay. them to know. The buyer, there is no fee there's on no that. There's no premium or 17% or any of exactly. that kind of stuff added on exactly. the top. Okay. Uh, so for the buyers, there's not anything from in our, in our model. The person that's putting that auction on, sponsoring that auction, is the one that bears the cost. Okay. And that's good because that's going to drive you to bid a little bit more because exactly. if you're not paying $117 exactly. you're just paying out so now you can bid 115 and you're still saving on what most of them would end up charging you okay that's right fantastic more money for the charity that's exactly that's good a, good deal that's a good deal all right um, we're going to wrap this up but before we do can you give us a quick update about like where we're at total wise to help get this kid over to the national you bet you bet i think we're, we're approaching 2500 bucks just kind of getting something okay. what's okay. kind of neat about it we've got more items that are coming in so we've had a few folks come up here and we'll, we always kind of send you a message as the new items come on okay so uh bidding ends on wednesday Okay. Um, there'll be a countdown timer that, that comes up for you that shows so that way you know exactly it's going to close right here in, at the Sheridan Dallas and, and if you're somewhere else on the internet it's going to close at the exact same time okay um, so yeah that's th- and we'll keep we can keep posted I'll, I'll come back and update you guys let's do that um, so, we are, so that you yeah. guys can let your, your, your listeners know awesome. um, and then any questions that they have you guys can reach out and there's actually a help section to reach out on the app okay perfect well, give us your social media before you get out of here do so, you know it? <laughs> <laughs> We've had guys sit down and didn't know their social media. Exactly. Well, no, He's looking at his palm. I don't know what exactly, that means. Yeah. Is he reading something up there? <laughs> um, so, uh, Twitter account, um, you, hashtag handbin. Okay. Okay. And so, and then you know, we, we actually run some social media campaigns ourselves that you're going to see okay. where we're promoting um, our events. So, you know, we don't we don't necessarily promote handbin as much as that we want to promote uh, like the industry summit yeah, and, yeah. and the things that are that are going through. So, we really kind of focus on the auction itself, the event itself, and not promoting handbin as much. But hey, we, you know, we do have to. We, now that we're ongoing concern, we have to get out there and, and find our customers. Yes, of yep. course. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for uh, coming on. We gave we gave what we thought was a good preview uh, yes. last week. Yes. But it's great to hear, hear it from the source. Thank you very much for joining us. And come back tomorrow so we can get an update, okay? You guys got it. Appreciate right. what you do. Until tomorrow. Thanks, buddy. Thank this is Pat Nishak, winner of the 2017 World Baseball Classic. And you're listening to Beckett Radio with Fat Packs. All right, guys, we're going from a Mark to a Mike. What's up, Mike Fruitman? How are you doing, buddy? Howdy, hey. Howdy, ho, neighbor. Howdy, ho, neighbor. I haven't heard that in a long it's, time. It's I'm been a while. I'm bringing ho back. You, wow. You, uh, you did your thing this morning, man. You were in the social media uh, panel. How was that? Uh, you know, I, apparently they, they think I am broke out of my quiet, introverted status, and ah. I'm ready to share a little bit mm. like a butterfly out of the cocoon. Are you going to just blossom? 
Yes, okay. yes, I'm a delicate flower. Yes, yes, we can tell. <laughs> awesome. We can tell. So, uh, f- my first question, and it's not industry related to Summit, uh, industry Summit related. Now there's a surprise. Yeah, how was how was the tops thing? Uh, it was very positive. Yeah. It was nice. It, the the only downside to it, and let it let this be the only downside, is they took us to. It was really cool for me because they went to the Rocky Spring Training Facility. Uh-huh. Okay, and it was great. And and they had you know there was a uh, pitching machines. And okay. it was 45 degrees, which isn't a problem for me. Right. I'm cold, sure. generally unfeeling. Hearted. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> okay. and, but so we had aluminum bats. Oh, and, oh and I still have this place in my palm that I, I thought I wasn't going to be able to sort for a week. I, I had like uh. numb thumb and everything. And, and uh, okay, one down. And, and they brought up Paul Goldschmidt. And, and right. Like, so I got to talk to the guy who knocked my Rockies out of the playoffs last year. It, it was the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the play in game does count as playoffs. <laughs> Absolutely. Does. So I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. How are you doing? And I popped my Rockies jersey. And he's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, yeah, popped it again. He's like, oh. Like, uh, like, let it go? No, sorry. So <laughs> hold on. But, but it was very positive. And, like, it, it's always great when you go to an event. And the biggest problem, the biggest issue that people have, like, it's the term allocation. Like, if we had to do shots every single time that the word allocation came up, You'd all like, be we'd still be tanked. <laughs> like, hey, how do I get more of this? How do I, and, and how positive is that? That was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, that doesn't get much more positive than that with the... There's a long time where nobody wanted, we couldn't sell any products. So right. now they want more and more and more. So. How do I get more Bowman Chrome? How do right. I get more of this? Right. Exactly. Who do I have to sleep with? <laughs> me. You have to sleep with me. I'm not getting no a bigger No wonder the allocation. <laughs> no wonder they're so short. Mike, why don't you have sports cards anymore? Uh, ask Eric. Ask Eric. That's awesome. Wow. That's so great. All right. So, anyway. uh, here we are again at the Industry Summit. You were here with us last year. Big difference in that we're in Dallas and not Vegas. Uh, there was some initial... Uh, pushback from everybody from the industry i think uh, uh about coming here but now we're here and it seems to be going pretty well what are your thoughts about it you know this is great i get to meet my my hobby peeps three times a year and this is great like like i shared a room with mike ant in arizona sure uh, he snores a little bit in case you guys are wondering oh <laughs> darn i was too yeah was that, that's the biggest issue that's as far as it goes um you know there was a those aren't pillows moment but we'll get out of that <laughs> so but, and so mike landed like right before i did so he meets me at the gate i'm like Mike, how you doing? And I'm like, wait, I just saw you Tuesday. But it's like, it's like that. Sure. I think we should do this every week. We, should. we could do work for four days <laughs> and then just go someplace kind of exotic mm-hmm. for three. Maybe one day Colorado. You know, ah, we yeah. have we have things Not to do exotic. there. Mountains, trees, Mountains. herbs. Herbs. Lots herbs of herbs. things to do in Colorado. <laughs> and maybe one day we'll see the industry. The Nationals never come in there. So right. one day maybe we'll see like the Industry Summit in Colorado. That, it wouldn't actually fly. be too hard, you know. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I mean, I work in the venue. I just, you know, kind of like, hey, these 800 people are with me. They, they, don't worry about them. They're fine. <laughs> just ignore this giant trough of people walking in. It'd be a higher experience for it sure. It would be higher, yeah. <laughs> yeah. high as a kite. 5,280 yeah. feet. Where are you guys going yeah, exactly. with this? Yeah. Awesome. That was at sea level. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. How are, how are your... Um, Card shows going. You're, you're, we're in our second year of doing yeah. card shows at the card shop, yeah. and it's, it's right. finally it's nice to be at the point where we no longer have to explain to other shops why are you doing this. Like, wait a second. So you own a store, and you're letting other people come in and sell cards in your store. Yeah, yeah. and they're selling things in your store. Yeah, but but you don't have a problem with this. No, I endorse it. I think it's awesome. Sure. Like, okay, let, let's break down the downside to doing a card show at your card shop. First off, obviously, if you don't have the space. You're not qualified. It's not going to happen. Right. But a lot of stores Good do point. gaming. Like, just scrap the gaming for a day. Let, let the trench coat wearing incredibly people who, <laughs> who play gaming not be at your store for, like, a Wednesday night. Sure. So try it one time. You've got the tables. Uh, we, we have a 12-table show that we do every month. 
And right. it's great. Now Denver, it's, it's, a, it's a great scene where there's four shows a month. Mm. And it's two are done at card, card stores. Mm-hmm. One's in the Springs and one other one's in town. And, and they're great. We're selling out every single month. We actually had a guy set up outside the store in December. Okay. In December. He committed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The guy's name is Mike, and he, and he doesn't <laughs> like to walk inside. Not, not that we have a bad store. It's just easier for him to unload, set up outside. Oh, and it's great all right. That makes sense. He's the first people that everybody see. He sure. gets right. early money before the guy at the front table. Sure. Wow. Um, so they're doing great. And, and now, so what, what else happens when you do a card show? You have a lot of people show up. Wow, that's exactly. that's terrible. That's, that's that horrible. Huh? That's, that's horrible. This yeah. is an awesome magazine with an online presence that will announce your event for. Mm. Um, oh, that's right, free. Right. So all these dealers <laughs> who are set up will hype your event. They get their collectors to come over, so I'm able to share what we do, the trade nights, case breaks, and all the other events. So they're going great. I mean, we would do them every weekend. And, and the fun thing is, every single month, I get to clear off the tables, and I get to redesign that area of the store. Awesome. So I get to literally, it, my shop gets a makeover every single month. Very nice. Perfect. It's very cool. That's great, man. It's, you know, the one of the hard things is to get people to come into your store. So you've got to do whatever you can to get them to walk in the door. And if it's allowing other people to, to show up and do that, eventually that's going to help you out in my, the long run. My key phrase is trips. I'm, mm, I'm not okay. Rob Virus. I'm not selling online like he does. I'm not Tom from Blowout. I'm not selling online. He, he is. He said trips, not tripped in. <laughs> right? Tripped okay. In. Tri- okay. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's early, guys. It's early. You got some great, great bars out here. So, <laughs> we, the whole thing is about creating trips. And, and whether it's doing a case break, card show, trade night, whatever it is, it's about creating that drive to want to come to the store. This is all disposable income. This is what you do after you spend everything else. Right. right. So, I need to have trips. And card shows are a great way to do that. We have uh, Ken Richardson in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He started doing it at his store, and he's talking to me about how he's doing like two times, three times the business. And it's it's encouraging to see like this stupid idea that some idiot in Colorado came up with take flight. Well, you you came up you came <laughs> up with the national national hobby shop day, didn't you as well? I'm, I I'm, I may have. I was I'm, a contributor. There, I, yeah. Actually, Mike and, and Rana, we all got together. We had a, a Rana. I saw Rana earlier. You got to get him over here. He's yeah, great. He is. So we all, he, they were all in town. We were doing a signing with Rod Smith, and uh, Mike went to the uh, the first quarter of the Broncos Cowboys game. He had to leave. Mm-hmm. Remember the lightning delay? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he had to leave during that. But we all got together like the night before. We're like, we just got done with National Baseball Card Day. We're like, this is great, and, and we have NFL Player of the Day. Mm-hmm. So there's great support from Panini and that. But I'm like, why don't we have like National Football Card Day? And I'm like, so I started to like kick it around. I'm like, you know, we really don't need a manufacturer to do this. Sure. I mean, it's great what we do. The product support is great. Right. I mean, nothing drives a promotion better than free packs. Right. Hey, free yeah. packs, come right. on over. Right. Exactly. We have National Hockey Card Day coming up next week, and it's going to be a great day. So I'm like, hey, you know, let's, let's kick it around. And we took it to one distributor. We took it to another one. And they're like, all right, we got this. GTS already has Jersey Palooza in place. Right. So I'm like, hey, why don't we just do what you guys are already doing mm. and just let's kick it out to the card shop level and, and, and go, look, this is a great promotion. You should be doing this already. Sure. But now we're going to give you a lot more support. That's right. Um, oh, that's fantastic. It was, it was a great concept. It was a great idea. But, and GTS getting behind it only made it better. And, of course. And you, guys just, you guys rocked that out, and it was awesome. I was a... Uh, how do you taste? It tastes great together. <laughs> I was proud to be in the hobby in, in, on, on that day. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why do you want to do it then? And we were like, I need product support because we, we do we kick off the holiday season so well with Panini Black Friday, right. Right. which should start on Monday. 
should start on yeah. Monday, not yeah. Friday. Exactly. But that's okay. Um, and But like the second week, we get this giant lull where it's like, well, I bought everything. And I'm like, no, I need my collectors to not be buying gifts for their wives, girlfriends, and other people. I'm like, I need right. a giant reason to come in the shop. Sure. And we gave away thousands of dollars worth of prizes that day. We had the, this board you would... Uh, you, you could buy whatever you want. Every box you bought, you got to literally drop your entry into whether you want to win the Austin Matthews jersey, the Jerry Rice jersey. Oh, okay. And, and you know, people are like, okay, I want to, I want to win the Tim Hardaway Junior Ball, and I'm like, why do you want to win that? Because well, because only three people want to win that. Right. So I like my odds. It works. It was nothing wrong with that. Um, something you mentioned in the uh, social media panel was a room that you have that is a closed room on Facebook that is strictly for. Car dealer or car shops. Uh, this is like uh, you know uh, what, what's the a fight club. We, okay. We, don't, yeah. we want to talk about it. Can gotta, we, talk, we gotta <laughs> talk about it though. <laughs> we sorry. Go ahead. No, we we got to talk about it because it's it's something awesome that you guys are doing. You're sharing information. You're you're sharing ideas, and it's a, a theme of the show so far is is the LCS and getting it to grow and, and having them out there. Um, I think it's a great concept. I want to know about it. So about a year ago, I, I, I leave this conference every single day, and I'm kind of like just morose. First off, I'm just <clears throat> drained and tired, especially when it's in Vegas. Sure. And But but like I leave it. I'm like, oh, this stinks. I don't get to see my hobby brothers for another 360-odd days. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we need to change that. So um, Mitch from from um, California, Bullpen, okay. he, he came up. We, we came up with this idea. I'm like, why don't we just start a, a closed page? So you literally have to be a card shop owner. Now, if you're a breaker and own a store, obviously, please join. So if there's anybody out there who owns a hobby shop who's not part of this, please friend me on Facebook, <laughs> Mike Fruitman, or Michael Fruitman. Michael Fruitman. Picture of me yeah. with a kid or my son at the Rockies game and friend me. And we, we drop everybody in, and, and we have it's, – it's been so nice. I have not had to delete a comment in a year. I haven't had to manage wow. it. It's not my page. It's their page. I brought that up so he could hear that part. Wow, <laughs> we, that's amazing. We stayed away from the RPA, religion, politics, and abortion, and guns recently. And, and we literally <laughs> just talked about – like the other day, I was like bored. Nobody had posted anything for a while. I'm like, all right, let's just throw a softball. And it's like, all right, how much are you guys going to price Tops Heritage at? And we mm. got into this great – Debate, not debate, but all these shops are going okay. And the gist basically is, I'm getting five, six cases. One case is going to be for my Topps Heritage guys at a really low price, competitive, and everything else. I'm simply going to market at you know not suggest retail, but market price right now. I mean, it's it's a hundred and twenty-four dollar box, mm-hmm. which makes it really hard for me to sell at the original seventy-two. I know mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to buy them for seventy-two, eighty-two, ninety-two. No, and it, it's it's a real it's, it's like a challenge product because Heritage is such a set collector right. release. It's this is going to sound really weird. It's almost unfortunate that I have to be at those prices. I feel bad about it. It's kind of like fifteen, sixteen, the cup. I didn't sure. like what I sold it at, right? Because right. you know the opportunity for disappointment was so much stronger at seven hundred dollars a box, right? And, and now you've got Heritage coming out. I think most stores are going to probably be in the one nineteen, one twenty four range. And I guess in some regards it's positive and it's healthy. But in the same regard, I've got guys who've been working on that set for years, and I know there's going to be that sticker shock and disappointment and frustration. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to go online and see that it's a legitimate price. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I kind of. I wish I could do five cases at a really reduced price. I'm only getting six. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I'd love to sell everybody a box for $84, but I know my restock's going to be $99,109. It's, right, it's right. tough. At some point, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It really you know? doesn't. I mean, I, I'm not going to hoard things. I'm not a gambler. Well, okay, I am a gambler, but I don't gamble on product. <laughs> right. I, I bring it in to sell it. I'm not a museum. I'm a store. Right. That's true. You are a store. I'm sorry. I'm seeing my, I'm seeing my child. <laughs> it's not a very neat, ordinary <laughs> museum. It's... <laughs> Organized chaos, I guess. Oh, he's wearing a fat pack shirt. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Eric's family's That's here. That's my family. <laughs> you can come, come sit Good down. Stuff. She's all scared. She's she like, I don't want to come scared. over here. Hello again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good hi, stuff. Hi, buddy. We got all kinds of visitors today. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't care. He's just like whatever, <laughs> Daddy. What are you doing? Sweet. Drop the He's mic. Like, I'm hungry. Well, that's that guy from Colorado. Yeah, yeah. 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 messy. Drop him. the mic. I'm hungry. So um, <laughs> we're gonna get you out of here because I'm hungry and you are hungry. But I gotta ask you. We're gonna do this. We got it. We're doing this new video series, and it's it's five, six rapid questions, maybe ten. You gotta give me quick answers. All right. Can I mean, you be our first guest on this? Uh, hell to the yeah. Okay, we right. will find you later today. It'll take you three minutes. Take you, yeah. It's as long as you process quickly. Yeah. Right. Mike's yeah. the quickest processor ever. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Tell inside, Almost absolutely. Too. <laughs> Almost too quick. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, we, we'll, we'll find you. Yes. It might even be cool to do from the maps game. Oh, that'd be great. So yeah. uh, we'll find you and we'll make it happen. Yeah, right. The answer is jerk. 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 The answer is jerk. <laughs> jerk. I don't know. Awesome. Thank awesome. you, Mr. Fruitman, for joining us. No, thank you, guys. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Until next year. This is Tanner from CustomCutsOnline.com, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Uh, actually, it was a lunch break, and it, it was. was it was like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's never quick when we go to lunch. <laughs> it's never that quick. Uh, joining us right now is our sponsor. It's a monster! Our sponsor for our regular shows. We love having being a part of uh, Monster Breaks. The Fat Packs team and Monster Breaks are here together at the Industry Summit. What's up, Curtis? What's going on, guys? <sighs> chilling, man. I feel like you missed an opportunity there to come in like Matthew McConaughey and just be like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> What my southern accent? Your yeah. southern, your your <laughs> Alabama accent. I, yeah. Speaking of Alabama, we gotta talk about this. We, we've you and I have talked about it. Oh, we have. Yes, we have. But we gotta talk about this Conor McDavid pool that you had. <laughs> it's been such a great. That yeah, was fantastic. Pool. It was fantastic. It was a pool. fantastic pool, and it was one of the greatest calls of all time. It, like, it, was, it was like Harry Carey, Joe Buck, freaking Curtis, Curtis right <laughs> underneath that. Exactly. Don't let your kids watch that. Play. Yeah. yeah don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. But great. it was so funny because it was such. A, it went on for weeks. Everybody kept saying the same. What you said after that yeah. for weeks going on, like even after a like hard a. Time. Yeah, but uh, but why not, man? It was a fifteen thousand dollar card at the yeah. time, right? Well, yeah. What surprised me about it was that. No, I think it got a nine point five at the show, like right after, and it's right. over well over that. Yeah, but it uh, like you open the box of cards and it's impossible to open, and it was on top. Right, right. Why, why, wouldn't you want the upper deck put the card on the bottom? <laughs> right. And so I was just shocked. Fifteen thousand dollar card staring at you. Yeah, you got the, the first card up, and then you yeah. like you chucked it, you got rid of it, and you're like, all right, this is the card. Pulled <laughs> it up. That was crazy. That was crazy. It was a fun video to watch. Uh, I was sure excited. Yeah, you sure were. You were. That's the most excited I've seen a breaker, <laughs> for sure. It was like like you got told your wife's gonna have another baby. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think you'd be that excited. <laughs> Yeah, luckily I don't have to give the babies away like I had to give that card away. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> so, hey, man, let's talk about Monster Breaks. You guys, uh, man, awesome. We love what you guys are doing on Facebook, um, monsterbreaks.com, all that mess. But how did you guys get started? Um, well, Kyle actually started. I was maybe a year, 8, 12 months okay. after Kyle when he asked me to uh, join. And uh, he had just been working on Facebook, you know, he – uh, ran some other pages and whatnot, and decided he was gonna. Uh, he worked at a gym and decided he was gonna start a break room. I'm not sure if he they overlapped or he just quit his job and started. Sure. And um, he knew a bunch of people on Facebook, and it blew up pretty fast. Mm. Um, to the point where you know when you're doing, you know, eight to ten cases some days, you know, it's too much for 
one person. Sure. So he reached out, and um, that's a lot of sorting. That's a whole Holy mackerel! That's a lot of sorting. Who sorts? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, uh, you put all those kids. To, you got kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Kyle has somebody that works with him. Okay. Um, I have I sort my own, and then have somebody else that just prints labels and ships it. Okay. But man, like Friday night when Select Football came out, which is an unbelievable product. Absolutely. Um, Panini Select, and um, you know you have three or four cases on the schedule and then all of a sudden everyone's asking you for more and by the end of the night you, you got 10 of them sitting next to you and you got to sort them all yeah it makes for a long week what's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, the it's not fun breaking's fun right the aftermath is is not so much fun. i think that's the misconception most people have with breakers exactly. they're like oh what a job you just sit yeah. there you open packs you get big hits you you talk on the feed with people and it's a good time and then it, you, you click that, hey, guys, thanks a lot. You click it off, and then it's like you have to go to work. Yep, you lean back in your chair for about a minute and a half, and then you start working. Yeah. The not fun part. What's, so what's your what's your uh, method to sorting? You just, oh, you, yeah. Is it just teams put in alphabetical <coughs> order mm. and start sorting the cards. There you go. I guess I have a sorting tray. Do you have a sorting tray? I do not use a sorting tray. Do you not, are you opposed no. to them, or are you just? Uh, well, I I got a big table I break at, and okay. I just do it right there on the table. Right there on the table, yeah. yeah. I, I like the sorting tray. Paul you you are such a fan of the sorting I do, tray. But for those people out there that make supplies, you need to make sorting trays with MLB teams, NFL teams. There you go. You know, uh, yeah. sorting trays don't hold enough teams. That's a that's an ultra pro. You know, we're gonna have ultra pro on later on. I think we'll, that's, we'll bring that up. We'll bring that up. And yeah, it might cost too much for mold versus how many they sell. But yeah. like, for the breakers out there, I'm sure everyone could use one or two. There you go. Maybe you it's know the next you million do, dollar idea. You can just open up a bunch of like early '90s baseball cards that have the team stickers in them. Oh, there you and go. And then just make your own. And just you put could, them yeah, on. But you still, they don't have enough they don't slots. Have the slots. Yeah, enough slots. Yeah, slots of the thing. Yeah. So. See, I'm a two tray guy, though. So you are a two tray yeah. guy. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> We're at work, and I hear the <laughs> click, 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 click. That's yeah, awesome. I hear you over there. That's cool. All right, man. So uh, you're you're here at the summit. What are you What are you thinking so far? Uh, we're just getting started. Yeah. Um, had a social media meeting, which um, you know, our company is pure social media. Right. Facebook. We don't uh, use breakers or anything yet. Um, we'd like to try to learn, you know, how to expand in that direction, uh, upload to YouTube, that kind of stuff. But for right now, we are Facebook, you know, right. heavy. Right. For that 4,300, was it? Yeah, 4,300 people in your group. Yeah, so. I try I try tagging you guys on Twitter, and it never gets any response. Yeah. <laughs> Tag Curtis should. Fellaini on Twitter. <laughs> I could do that. But you guys that pay attention to Twitter more. You got that Twitter page just sitting there. Yeah, and Instagram. I learned yeah. that this morning. Oh, um, wow. And then they had email marketing, I guess. Mm. But, I, you know, I, my email is my Facebook messages. Sure. I don't, right, I don't yeah. go to real email anymore. <laughs> right, That's right. right. Well, I mean, at this point, if it's if it's not broke, I guess don't fix it. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, working yeah, for you there's right there's always now. opportunities out there to learn something, expand in a different direction. That's true. Which is, uh, we're excited for the Breakers panel. That's coming up tomorrow, I believe, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yep. You guys, you can sit in on that and, and yeah, soak I'll in a plug. Yeah, sit in and listen, soak yeah. up what I can. Yeah. It was really cool. We went last year. Yeah. And I got to sit in on that last year. And it was just amazing just to listen to a lot of the guys that actually started one of the first Breakers. Yeah. Were in their st- and they, the stories they told and stuff, it was really yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's crazy. It took this long. I mean, they could have been breaking 1987 tops by the team back yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have. But back then, couldn't you order like 100 count lots of a player or you something? Could. Yeah, yeah, that so was a whole different. I still get those in those lovely <laughs> late '80s, early '90s collections. Nice. There's <laughs> a hundred Barry Larkin, '87 yeah. tops. Yeah, Great. said Bo Jackson, just the Royals. Those I would take a hundred of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would take a hundred of those, not the Barry Larkin. Oh, sure. Did you go to the uh, social media panel this morning? I sure did. Uh, did you learn something new in there? 
Um, yeah, that I need to use Instagram, which mm, okay. I don't even own an Instagram oh. or have one, I guess. So. so it's an app. You go and you just download it. And he's still working on a. He's still working on a cell phone. <laughs> oh. He's still working on. The <laughs> I just use my iPad. You just use an iPad for everything. It's great. And then up next was uh, the lady from Constant Contact. I didn't catch any of that one. Was that interesting? Did you, were you in there? What's a Constant Contact? Oh, see, oh, well, there's that email thing that you don't know oh, about. Oh yes. Ah, okay. Well, I went to lunch for that. You went to yeah. lunch. We got lunch. You went out with the distributor, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Good stuff. So. You guys are. Did Paul tell me this right? You guys are Panini's like second largest breaker. Is that right? Oh man, I don't know anything about full numbers, but it'd be hard to imagine somebody doing as much as Monster Breaks. Um, I'm sure there's some out there that do. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook wise, you know, it's got to be Facebook. Yeah, I don't think there's. Yeah. Anybody there's a lot else. of people out there, you know, that are breaking and that stick to breakers, and there's a lot of people out there that just stick to just Facebook. I think it's pretty much two different groups of people. Sure, um, that makes sense. You know, it'd be a feat for a couple to cross over and do both. Um, you'd almost have to start, you know, almost a whole other team. I would right, guess. right. That'd Makes be, sense. It'd be, be hard. Makes sense. Yeah, because I've been on both on Breakers and on Facebook, and I've never seen ever see a name overlap. You know, yeah, it's yeah, never. It's exactly. to- like you said, it's totally, totally yeah, different people. It's, it's a different world. So Sweet. for sure. What so how's the shop, man? Yeah, how's the shop? That's what I was gonna say. Oh uh, well. <laughs> It's pretty good. Uh, it's a great time to be in the card industry. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone here can account to that. Um, <laughs> you know, five, eight years ago, it was hard. Right. You know. um, now every product comes out, goes up in value, money to be made. Um, you're ordering more because if you don't order the first week, by week two, it's doubled in price. Doubled in price, yep. You know? mm-hmm. Look so at Contenders Basketball. That thing is skyrocketing. Yeah, that's an impressive product. Um Panini really nailed it um, by numbering their contenders rookies. I thought that was a big mm-hmm. – when you look at a Jason Tatum or Dennis Smith contenders rookie and you see number to 125, I mean, think how little that is. Right. Um, it's, not, know, it's not a whole lot. You always wonder why they never haven't numbered what contenders football since 2002, I think they numbered them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. You know, it's been a while. football. That'd yeah, be that would be pretty impressive. You're right. Yeah, that is, but I then you wouldn't have all the, uh, the questions of uh, how many of this is made? When right. are they coming out with the next list? You know, <laughs> right, right. So. Who's a short print? Yeah, yeah. What What's been your your monster breaks or in the shop? What's been your best product so far? Our this best year, this year product this yeah. year. Well, obviously, it's only two um, months, so yeah, that's all right. Um, well, this year, you know, uh, we love um, this contenders that came out. Um, Select just came out this mm-hmm. year, yeah. and it's an incredible product. But yeah. last year, Select Football had to have been our favorite product. Um, oh, yeah. Panini I, I, Select. I bought so much of that. <laughs> yeah. That XRC <laughs> thing, that's a whole other twist to things. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. Extra, you know, that's just extra value in a box. Right, right. And this um, year, they took it to the next level because they have autographs this year, and right? It's a little, yeah, and the yeah. regular ones are a little hard to hit, so they have a little more value. Nice. So, I mean, um, Paul can attest this i was probably the first person in america to sell one of those xrc cards yeah you, <laughs> on were, Facebook. you guys gotta buy uh bus i i i just yeah. went down and um yeah went down and so picked them up myself <laughs> curtis is getting interrupted curtis is he's so popular that greg lambert shut up yeah you're, inter- <laughs> you're interrupting my my podcast Cade, go away <laughs> just go away Cade. you can come back and talk Yes, we're yes. hunting raccoon in Alabama. Oh, oh, shut up, Kate. Go away. <laughs> you hunt raccoon by driving down the side of the road and see who hit one. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's how you do it. 
then hopefully you'll yeah exactly <laughs> you'll hit one too all right we're all sidetracked all right so 2016 select football. sell some wine or something so right now so there's been a lot of talk i've heard just in the hobby from a lot of these guys like there's always like football reign supreme for a long time do you yeah. think there's been a switch now going towards more basketball or where oh, do you see that 100 percent. but i think that all is dependent on your rookie crop in any product um you know, football last year we had Dak and Zeke, and it was just bananas. Look at this year. That, yeah. that, the whole 2016 switched almost to wins and golf. Yep. The year. That's true. But this year's basketball, when you have a rookie crop of, say, 25 guys, uh, two rounds, and 12 or 15 of them are phenomenal players or could it's be unreal. in the yeah. future. It's unreal yeah, how deep it is. We haven't anything like that. And, and this year's basketball, and then next year's basketball has the opportunity to be the same right. uh, type of rookie crop. So. And it's coming off such a bad year for basketball. You know, yeah. last year's class is just not not that exciting, well, especially you know, with the last Simmons. Last year's basketball had Simmons, and, and you could say it's a bad crop, but nothing happened to the industry. Like, uh, for me, for example, 2016-17 Panini Prism basketball, you know, um, and the silver parallels changed a bunch of stuff for basketball. That's true. That is true. What do you need, Cade? Like he's coming down to get his tickets. They're getting their Mavs tickets. Getting Mavs tickets. Going to the game tonight. Yes. Going to see Victor Oladipo in uh, Miles Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for stopping by, Mr. Cade. We'll give uh, Cade a shameless plug. Uh, he does our grading for us for the hits on Monster Breaks. We uh, send. A, he does a group um, submission, and we uh, if you hit a card at Monster Breaks, we'll send it to Cade to get graded for you. Awesome, you sweet Good deal. Do you guys do any consignment or anything like that? Uh, I do a consignment for a few people. For a few um, people. Yeah, but anyone's welcome to mail me cards. I'll list them for them. Okay. Um, gotcha. You know. Right. Sweet. Good deal. Awesome. All right, we're going to wrap this up because, um, well, I have an email. I got I got an email. An email is a thing that comes on your phone sometimes. So you got a <laughs> Facebook message. <laughs> no, it's kind of like that. And I have to actually go take care of something. So I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, All right, good deal. Curtis, thank you for coming on. All right. You are always welcome. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure uh, I'll talk to you again before the end of the week. I'm gonna need one of those Monster Break shirts, man. Oh, I got plenty of Monster Break shirts. Here's Lynn Laplaca and Ultra Pro. Awesome. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for coming out. Uh, right. Coming on. You guys hang tight. We'll be right back. All right. Hi, this is Sean Bender with Still City Collectibles, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and we are rolling right along here from the Industry Summit. It gets better and better and better. We started the day with Drew Pearson. We did. And we're going to end the day with Steiner Auctions. More auction stuff. <laughs> More I'm auction stuff. Uh, Dave Ammerman from Steiner Auctions is joining us. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Great to be on the show, guys. Uh, thanks for coming coming by and making this happen. Uh, a little before we get into the auctions, you just shared a little tidbit of information with us. You were once on the cover of Beckett. Tell us about that story. You know, as a, as a fan of Beckett since the early 90s, I started collecting Beckett magazines. I went to a garage sale early 90s, and some guy had a whole collection. I bought them for five cents a piece, and I was kind of hooked. So uh, when I was 23, I started my own auction house, Modern Marvels Auctions. We were in business for about three years. In our first ever auction, we sold uh, Joe Montana's rookie card, uh, BGS 10 graded, for $65,000, and it was the third highest football card sale in the history. Oh, wow. That's, um, that's, that's impressive. That's, that's pretty good for 23. As our, as our friend Matt would say, that's a big Twinkie. Well, what happened there was, uh, you know, I got about a $14,000 commission, and then I bought a bunch more inventory and learned the hard way that I don't always make the right buys and probably lost half of it right off the bat. But, uh, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. We've, we've all been there, believe me. <laughs> Especially if you're in this hobby at all, you've, you've dabbled, you've gone up, you've gone down. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Now, were you a collector before you got into auctions? Did you collect stuff? or Diehard collector. Um, okay. Started collecting 
in 1990. My grandmother took me to a card store, bought a pack of 87 and 86 tops, and started competing with my older brother to see who would get the more, most cards. And I stuck with it, and he kind of gave up. Nice. 87 tops. You said the magic word there. So That's like your favorite. That, it's my favorite. We all know it. The That's wood what we grain, The wood grain. Bo Jackson, Future Stars. Great. It, yeah. yeah. it is the minivan of collecting. The minivan. <laughs> I still got an unopened box, actually, Do at my house. Really? Just, just to remember that. I was... Uh, <laughs> hinting at my wife at valentine's day hey these are like 20 bucks babe you can buy me a whole box of cards and i would be <laughs> ecstatically happy that's funny i got a grill but you know i'll, I'll take the grill but take the grill yeah the 87 yeah. wood grain would have been nice <laughs> so uh man let's talk about steiner auctions for those listeners who might not know the name steiner because they live under a rock or something yeah, <laughs> a, big, a big rock <laughs> please tell us uh about steiner auctions all right um so Steiner Sports has been around since 87, and sure. everybody who knows the Steiner Sports don't have to be a collector or not. You just They kind of associate Steiner with Yankees because uh, that's our first partnership, our first big partnership. Um, and it, Steiner Sports is geared to signing athletes, sign basketball, sign baseball, sign memorabilia, Yankee game used. Um, not really known for being a real um, hobby-type company where – the real collectors come. It's more for the fair weather collectors, New York executives. So when I came on board, I decided, I looked at the auction and it was, it looked like our website with a <laughs> countdown clock. Ah, I and I realized that that wasn't going to last. Mm-hmm. And I got on board and started getting consignments, started getting trading cards involved, started getting rare, cool stuff. And uh, here three years later, we got a 52 tops uh, Mickey Mantle rookie in our next auction. Mm-hmm. We're selling Lou Gehrig's contract we sold in the last auction. Right. Sold Mantle game used bats. So we're really starting to, you know, compete with the other big boys. Wow, Lou Gehrig's contract. That's okay. awesome. What's something cool. like that go for these days? Uh, it was actually his 1925 contract. The year the uh, streak started, we got 191000 for it. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, now, I'm sure that you've seen it all, but has there been a piece come in that, that just blown you away? Uh, you know, when the Gehrig contract came in, it came in with a little bit more than just the contract, and we haven't even released everything in that collection oh, yet. Oh, wow, okay. Um, that collection included a minor league Gehrig contract that's coming out in the next auction. Mm-hmm. And it's, we've actually just put our, our first release in the Beckett Vintage uh, Collector magazine. So you'll see that on the inside cover there. Um, plus, you know, we got some payroll checks from Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. from Miller Huggins, some Yankees checks like that. But every day it just, uh, it's, it's really crazy. You don't know what's going to come through the door. I go out and look for things, but you, you just check the emails one day and you see this item and you're like, Okay, that's awesome. Last auction, we had a 1961 Yankees um, treasure chest. Some mm-hmm. guy made it, some diehard. And I saw the rest of the collection. He was a diehard. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Wow. He had a sweatshirt with, like, the lineup on it. I mean, just stuff <laughs> that you're like, okay, we probably don't need this. But this chest had a full set of 61 tops all signed. It had ticket stubs from every game of 61. It had a complete set of all single-signed balls from the 61 infield wow. and starting lineup. Great. It was all glued into And he made the chest. It had his name engraved on the front. We sold that in the last auction for about uh, 12000 So it wasn't a crazy price. It was just really cool and yeah, different. Yeah. I took a U-Haul up to meet the guy in Syracuse and literally dragged the thing back to us. But uh, there's a lot more that came in that collection that we're going live with. We sold the Rolling Stones guitar for 11000 in the last auction. So just all different stuff, really. I, you never know. That's cool. Now, off air, we were talking a little bit ago, and you were telling me about you got some Civil War pieces in and things like that. So um, are you trying to move more that direction as well? It, it really... 
the way that stuff got started was it just happened to be in a collector's house and he pulled out some things. I don't really say no. If okay. I see something different that our clients haven't seen, I'm like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Why not? So we got a Civil War sword and some handwritten letters from soldiers, and they did really, really wow. well. That's cool. So since that uh, consignment, that guy now has come out with all these land grants and all these Americana pieces from the 1800s that mm-hmm. I'm going to go pick up actually next week for the next auction. And another guy from Russia who was watching our auction, he's from Russia. His brother still lives there. It's a really weird dynamic. He buys stuff in Europe to bring to the U.S., and then he buys stuff from the U.S. to bring to his brother. Okay. So they're using these two markets. I, I saw some pieces he had, and there are German medals from the World War One and things like that. All sorts of rare, unique pieces. For, I, I couldn't even begin to explain what he had Ooh. because I walked into his house, and it was just original, like Charles Lindenberg signed pieces, and just a piece of, a piece of the... Um, a piece of several different submarines and, and airlines that crashed. I mean, just crazy that's pieces. Awesome. So we're going to actually get uh, these pieces into the next auction as well. So it's yeah, that's cool. It's like walking into a museum. Like it's taking it, a step back. That's exactly awesome. because what was happening with our auction was a lot of our clients are Steiner clients and they're sending us an email. Hey, I have these sixteen by twenty Jeter photos and Rivera photos, and it was the same thing over yeah, and over. Right. So we were like listen, I can't really continue to sell the same piece. I just need something different. I don't care if it's worth $5. It just I just want to see different. And sure enough, we started really getting into that different market. And right now in the weekly auction, a regular one-week auction, we have a Megalodon shark tooth. <laughs> uh, 15, I think it's something like 15 million BC to 2.6 million. You know, the, the, it's like 20 million year old tooth, and we've got it in our weekly auction right now. So the different stuff really does really well for our clients because they don't see it, and our clients have plenty of money. So if they see something rare and unique, and they like it, they'll buy it. That's awesome. The, your client, your clients sound like a very eclectic group of people. So when you're putting these monthly auctions together, how do you guys come up with themes? I mean, is it? Just, is there a dartboard you just throw a dart at, or you guys have something in mind? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I have deadlines. So I, I have four auctions, four big auctions a year. And whatever I can put into those mm-hmm. auctions before the deadline, consignment deadline is what's going to go in. So if I pick up a big collection from one guy, let's say this next auction, we went to Brian Interland's house, and he was a big... Uh, executive for several uh, record labels. Sure. We picked up 90 gold records. So oh, wow. those are going to be in the next auction. It's probably going to have a nice music theme. He also had um, he also had Rolling Stone signed photo with all the members and a bunch of things like that. So now we just automatically got that theme going because one big collection can kind of do that to an auction. Sure. And each auction, we usually have four or five pretty big collections. And that kind of shapes the auction. So our deadline for this one is, uh, you know, it's beginning of March, and then the auction will roll uh, about four weeks after our deadline. So it gives me about three to four weeks to build the entire 1,500-lot auction photos, editing, authentications. It's just a lot of crunch time. And while we're doing that, we still have weekly auctions of 500 pieces going every single week. We get one week off when the big catalog hits, and then we're back to weeklies throughout the big one as well. So it just doesn't end. Wow, That's cool. So you run, like, smaller stuff throughout the week? That like lower lower end items, primarily, primarily. Primarily, however, we notice sometimes in a big catalog, um, a Mickey Mantle signed piece with a few other guys might get overlooked. It might go for two, three hundred dollars, whereas that piece uh. in the weekly might be one of the more featured pieces. And now you're at a thousand. So sometimes it just depends on the piece. I've sold a All Star 2008 All Star ball with like Kobe and LeBron, and a bunch of guys. We had like thirty five hundred dollars in a weekly auction for that. So if that was in our catalog, you're probably at a thousand. Right. So some it, it just depends on uh, mm-hmm. the timing of the auction and, and what what else is in that big auction. Now, if you have um, 
a really valuable item or just a really rare piece that needs the extra attention, probably want to put that in the monthly, like the Civil War sword, for example. In a weekly, you might only get a couple guys interested, but you, you, it, it just depends on um, the scarcity. If it's just a standard Mariano photo or Jeter, you probably want to right, have that in the yeah. weekly. Yeah, it doesn't, so, matter, doesn't matter how long you put that on there. It's going to go for the same, exactly. same amount. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have a pretty big operation going over there. What's the staffing like? What, what, what kind of company assets do you guys use to, to make all this work? How, what, who's on your staff? You got 15, 20 people? Or? When I started three years ago, it was me and one other guy. Yeah. He was a diehard collector. He's actually at PSA now. Um, but when we when we started, it was just a couple guys, and we just realized there's no way we can get sure. to that level with, with two guys between shooting and everything else. So we've got seven guys in auctions right now doing the auction, mm-hmm. but that doesn't include your warehouse staff, which right. we have about another 30, 40 guys in the warehouse. And in December and the, the holiday season, we get up to about 100. Okay. Wow. Uh, in the upper office between, you know, all different positions, director, consumer sales reps, B2B reps, uh, C-level employees, management, probably have another 40 or 50 there. So we're, we're looking at a close to 200 employees overall wow. with the auction department only about seven strong and, uh, you know, probably have the most workload uh, <laughs> right there. <laughs> wow. And probably the most fun at your job, too. It just sounds like a lot of fun, man, just watching the stuff come in. That would be a blast. Would I would be definitely blast. enjoy that. Definitely. I get on the road a lot, too. Sure. So when I get in there and step foot, luckily, I've been around this game for 20-plus years. So I, when I walk in, I have a good sense of what I'm looking at, and that mm. definitely helps. But you never know. You, you can walk into a house and just be like, this is a terrible waste of time. Right. <laughs> What's my exit strategy? Or, you know, suddenly someone came into our office, and they had like a Whitey Ford baseball. And they figured, let me call Steiner. And they came in, and I was it was nothing. Mm-hmm. But their, their, un- their brother passed away, uncle, something like that. And obviously we're talking, well, if he had these, what else did he have? He turns out he had a collection of movie posters from the 40s and 50s. And again, I don't say no to anything. So we had had those go in our last auction and there were some great pieces, Mighty Joe Young posters. You know, it was a couple thousand dollars worth of movie posters. So you just don't know um, what else could be there if you don't ask the right questions. Perfect. Yeah, you got. I guess you got to be on your toes. It's kind of like American Pickers. You know, yeah, I was going to sit here. I was like, yeah, it sounds you, you just like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> when when you go in and your and your spidey sense goes off and you're like, oh, this is junk, and you're thinking of that of that uh, exit strategy. What's your What's your most common exit strategy? I'm I'm brutally honest. Right, okay. I'm very honest because I want them to know what what's going on. So I went into one about a week ago, and it was there was a lot there. There was. 50 signed baseballs, ticket stubs. You could just tell the guy didn't spend money on this stuff. He just collected it. So he probably got the balls in person. Sure. Ticket stubs because he went to every Yankee game. And he had a few Eli jerseys, Yankee chairs. It was just, it wasn't enough to, to really make anything of it, especially driving an hour there and back. So, I, I mean, I, I gave him an honest, I, I don't like to offer because then you get that bad reputation. Oh, you're just trying to rip us off, yeah, this and right, that. Right. But they were almost insistent upon making an offer. So I just gave him a really low number and just said, listen, if you want to this to work, I'll... I'll give you $1,000 for everything. And, you know, they ended up calling a couple other people, and someone else paid a little more. Maybe it was worth their time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll just blatantly tell them, and if it's not for me, I have enough dealer relationships and friends like that. So I'll probably just call up a dealer and say, hey, listen, this isn't for me, but it's worth $700. Do you want to come over here, offer five? Let me know. I'll make the offer for you, and they trust me. Yeah. I'll make the offer for them on the spot, get myself out, and if it works, they can come pick it up. There you go. Cool. He's a he's a facilitator, folks. He is, man. He's got it all <laughs> down, man. That's why he's in charge. He's the Gary Payton of, of Steiner Auctions. He's <laughs> <laughs> just d- dishing out dimes. So uh, what's Steiner doing here at the Industry Summit? What, what, what's Steiner's purpose here? Um, you know, I wanted to come and check out the, the other guys in the hobby. That's how mm-hmm. we make our living, really, especially on the auction side. Mm-hmm. If 
I built the practice around working with other businesses, other retail store owners and things like that. Uh, a lot of our consigners, they have millions of dollars of inventory and those are the best consigners because they can give me 100 pieces a month and then if we sell 65, 70 of them, they'll give me another 100 the next month. So I have 20, 30 uh, business relationships now where every month they're sending me over a few hundred pieces. So now I'm kind of like almost sitting back and letting these uh, these spreadsheets more or less roll in of pieces of people that they do their shopping for Steiner now. So if I meet with a couple store owners here and they're having a tough time in Texas selling some hot Yankee products or things like that, since we're in New York, they'll just send me a list and say, here, I have these. They're better for you. Take them. Sure. And it just keeps keeps the flow moving. The networking is key. And uh, it sounds like you're doing a good job of it. You know what you're doing, man. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm, uh, tomorrow I'm on the authentication panel with Steve Grad Great. and uh, Brian Gray. So that should be interesting. Uh, you know, talking about the Steiner authentication process a little bit. It's pretty crazy, uh, the stuff I come across. One of my consigners yesterday sent me a photo of two Rivera jerseys, Mariano jerseys mm-hmm. he wanted to consign, game used, supposedly. And he sent me some images. They had our hologram on them. Mm-hmm. They had the correct gamer tag inside. Mm. except you could see the majestic logo on the arm that clearly showed it's a retail jersey. Someone sewed patches on it. They took a hollow off of something else. They stuck it on there. They sewed a gamer tag inside. So you really, and and luckily for my consigner, he didn't buy it and then say, here you go. He actually showed it to me and said, should I buy this? It's a good price. I looked into it and said, absolutely not. Someone totally ripped off everything from our hollow to the to the gamer tag. So tomorrow we'll be talking a lot about uh, the authentication process and what to look for and what, what not to look for, uh, particularly with... Uh, you know, fake Steiner hollows that are out there and everything. That's an important panel to be a part of, evidently, because, I mean, with the new laws in California, yep. and then yep. just across across the industry, how you know, authenticity is such a huge deal. So I'm looking forward to sitting there in that panel tomorrow, that and the breakers panel, and I'm going to call it a day after that. I'm done. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, man, we're going to uh, let you get out of here. we got to wrap up the show because uh, we got a Mavs game to go to, Paul. We do. So, uh, are you going to that? You going to the, you yeah. going to the Mavs game? Tonight? Yeah, yeah, I'll be at the game. Awesome, awesome. great. That we'll look forward to see you there. Uh, first beers on Paul. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, just dump it on my head. Uh, thanks for stopping by, <laughs> sir. Uh, thanks for stopping by. You're welcome back anytime. All right, all awesome, right. guys. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. This is RBI Crew Seven from St. Louis, Missouri, and you're listening to Fat Packs on Beckett Radio. All right, Paul. We're done. That's it for the show today. Man, day one. Day one and a half, I guess. Yeah, I called yesterday's show day one. You did. So, so this, this is, is day, day two. two. All right. Uh, that's how we're officially rolling with it. It's, we're good. You know what? Four, four is just a, a round number. I like it. Okay, so, so that works. At All the right. end, when we have four shows. I got you. I'll right. feel better about it. I'm down with that. I, <laughs> I don't know, Actually, that. I don't know if we're going to get a show in on that last day. It's a, it's a little bit of an early day. Um, but we'll, we'll see try. though, man. You never know. Yeah, you never the know. Industry Summit's all about surprises. Yes. Um, big surprise today with, with Drew Pearson. With yeah. Drew Pearson yeah. and uh, you know, giving uh, Dr. Beckett that award. That yep. was awesome. That was awesome. Um, he was definitely surprised. He'll probably never talk to anyone on the Beckett staff again. Yep. Bill's getting fired. Yes. Sudsy is no <laughs> longer have the job with Beckett <laughs> after that. But uh, that was good stuff, man. It was good to see. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a great day. It has been a great day. We're gonna go ahead and, and just wrap it up here because. We have things to do. And, and Dude, we're going to a Mavs game tonight. Ficken's walking this way with Fleischer, and they're yeah, not they're getting on the radio. The original OG so is walking this way. <laughs> the original OG. He grew his, he grew his, he grew his uh, beard back, man. I'm liking it. No more baby face. Yeah, no, it's on, man. It's, it's not on. I turned it off. You turned it off? I turned it here. You want to yeah. sit down? Sit down. Hurry S- up. Sit down. Say hi to your fans. 
Sit down. All three of them are listening. Do I have fans? All three of them. Yeah. All three of them? Yeah. There were a lot of people calling your name in that su- in that uh, meet the industry earlier. I'm yeah, no joke, sure man. It was like bad calling. Oh, like. they didn't want you there at yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was like, where's Derek? Jeter, talk to him. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah different Derek, better Derek, better Derek, mm. better. So Lam- Lambert came over. I was like, dude, just go sell some wine. Get out of here. Just, yeah. just go watch the Warriors and sell some wine. Yeah, just do something else in California. Do what Californians do. So how's it going over here, guys? It's going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been fantastic, man. Can't, can't fantastic. Complain. I like your new uh, get-ups back like, here. With like that. The, you like yeah. it? The shirts see, and everything. Like, yeah, like nine, nine Panini employees just walked out of that room. Yeah. yeah. And none of them are, they, are pretty. They're, none of they them. travel in, in bunches. They yeah, they're all going you know to the bathroom saying? right they're now. They're like a pack of wolves, <laughs> and they're just walking through. They yeah. are. And I don't know but any the of them. Pack but leader goes one way, and they all follow. Yes. Yeah. yes. I love all the Panini guys. Shout out to Tracy. Haven't seen him in a while. Hackler's here. He's, he is. he's on premise. Man, he I haven't seen him in. His rash is all cleared up. It's all rash. Yeah, we went over to to see Panini about a month ago, mm. and Hackler had to leave the interview earlier. He had a rash going on. Uh. It turned out it was just eczema. Oh boy! Uh, but it was but nasty. not if you talk to Scott. <laughs> oh boy, that's that's yeah. a story for another time. That's yeah, a whole yeah. other story. Yeah. Whole other story. Whole other. That's a game changer. Yes. So. <laughs> Anyway, Derek, what are you doing? You're here. I know you're here. I know you're going somewhere. Where are you heading? I'm here going where? Where am I going? You're going to the Breaker uh, yeah, panel? Yeah, Breaker's panel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I guess I'm talking. You are. Our are boss you? volunteered me, Sweet. so shout out to Jeremy. Appreciate it, homie. Jeremy yeah. came on the show yesterday. He, he did. Was, he was yeah. on the show. Dude, that dude never wants to get on the show. He's, a, he's been him? on twice. He's been it's, on twice. Yeah, his, yeah. Annual, his, an, his, his annual, annual appearance. Industry Summit. Yes. 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 So it was twice Summit, now. y'all did the introduction with Steve, right? Yes. yes. That was the first yep. Steve. Yeah. yeah. And we did the introduction to the comic guys this time with uh, oh, with Jeremy, so it was awesome. It was good. We heard a little bit about the merger and what's going on there and stuff like that. This is awesome. The whole CBCS thing is everyone's walking out that that yeah. thing's gonna change the game it is absolutely game. it really is obviously absolutely. bas started one but you know the cbcs thing comic grading is a whole nother ball game so it is i l- love them listen to them talk about the archival stuff that they use and how they treat them just like you know i'm just excited to see the process of all that yeah obviously card grading is one thing but comic grading, you gotta actually look through the comic, right? right. You gotta right. look at the page. You gotta go right. page by page yeah. by page. You can press a comic. Right. I have no idea. You can press a comic and make it look better. Yeah. You guys are how crazy would it be, man? It's gotta be a slow process. You'd be like, Has man, what be. happened on thirty three? Like, yeah, you start right. reading it. Has you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You start. I would want to. Yeah. I would want to read them. And get, get lost. You yeah. know? How many comics did you grade today? Yeah. Uh, three. One <laughs> and a half. <laughs> you guys lost are, in the sauce. It's such a big deal that you guys are kicking us out of our side of the building. I'm sorry, guys. And just putting us on the other but side. You're putting us into the teeny tiny side of the building, but and we're guys, not teeny tiny. Yeah, people. you guys got to go up the stairs into mm. that little room, right? Yeah, I think they're just trying to uh, let us lose weight. It's it's called the wellness program. The wellness yeah, the wellness program. program. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, that, what a, I, this is why Derek doesn't come <laughs> on very often. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's man, it's it's crazy. I, uh, you uh, know, Jeremy and JJ, you know, was talking about yeah. how we're gonna s- switch things up, and right. it's gonna be a whole new look. So. Awesome, good stuff. We'll see how it All goes. right, we're gonna wrap this up because you got to get over to the Breakers panel. Yeah, you got All five right, minutes to get there. Paul man. wants to get over there. Trouble, yeah. uh, Derek. Any party shots to the uh, OG Beckett Radio listeners? Man, shout out day ones. Yeah, like for real. Some someone was saying, "Hey, you actually started it." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. it was me." Yeah. So um, yeah, shout out to the ones who actually remember me. Okay, yeah. but shout out to y'all for absolutely killing it. Y'all are taking it Thanks, farther man. than I would have even thought it, of. So. Uh, 
we're going to spring training. We, you and I talked off yep. air, but I'm, that is please, amazing. Please don't be jealous. I am jealous, don't but a jealous. good jealous. Don't right. worry. Okay. Yeah, y'all are doing great work, and just keep it up. Awesome. Spread that word. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks, uh, sir. Paul, we're done here. We out, man. Get back to work, guys. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out tonight, and yeah. until next time, just keep listening. Cue the Jericho. C-O. See through the keyhole to see this one light. Leeches lurking in the darkness won't leave living the night. Punchline for this fight because they heads ain't fed right. How can you see my brother with no perspective of sight? Can't do good and live right. Kick snares and high hats, they be the get right. Here they give the blind sight. What? Me and my people just might tonight. Alright? Me and my people just might. The cats on the radio, they sound horrendous We some mind benders and they never been pretenders You out here trying to end us, but y'all just beginners We some natural born killers and we creeping through your windows, man We the fucking realest, man, regardless if you feel us, man Don't make me call the hitters to pay the grave diggers